it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not erasing female athletes. Check it out. Joe Biden vowing to veto a bill that would keep biological men from competing in women's sports. This guy's a serious ass. A lot of people feel that way. We're going to get into it with outnumbered co-host Emily Campagno. And we're also going to talk to Arizona Representative Andy Biggs about claims made by Democratic Representative Hank Johnson that New York City crime victims and their families who showed up to a field hearing yesterday are nothing more than props in a MAGA Broadway play. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. I mean, man, buckle up, kids. It is going to be... A chippy Tuesday, 888-788-9910. The phone number, if you want a part of this shindig, there really are no requirements in terms of getting in and being welcomed in this little radio tent. I say it every day. It's not an activism show. It's a talk show. The world is on fire. We're just sitting over here roasting a couple of radio marshmallows. We take the issues of the day seriously. We do not take ourselves seriously at all. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. You could be a Republican on the show. You could be a Democrat. You could be a Libertarian. You could be anything. Independent. You could be a furry. You could identify as a dog. Nobody cares. <coughs> Whatever you want to do, girlfriend. All we ask is that you don't be a Happy Tuesday. Wow, it's tax day. Oh, man. I actually have to go home in between TV hits tonight and do my taxes. And I'm sure I owe them all kinds of money. Thanks, big government weenuses. I will say it again. Okay, we don't have a revenue problem in Washington, D.C. We have a spending problem. Okay, we spend too much money. That's true. That is true. You know, all this, oh, eat the rich, class warfare, the 1%. Okay, but it would actually just help if at some point, I don't know, we played a little defense. That's the problem right now. You know, big government people are like, you know those friends, you go to a bar, and they're like, yeah, we got to send a round of drinks over to these girls. Yeah, let's do it. And you're like, yeah, they're some fine-looking ladies. Let's send over some drinks. But then the friend who came up with the idea doesn't have his wallet on him. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, I mean, you guys are paying for the drinks. I just said we should do it. I didn't say we should uh, you know, actually chip in and, and do it. Shut up, fool! <laughs> That's the government. Yeah, we should give everybody everything. I mean, I didn't say we have the money. I'm just saying you guys should actually give everybody everything because it'll get the Democrats' votes. Just hold on to your pocketbook. They just put a lien on your money, your savings, and your retirement. So if anybody needs me, I will be on TurboTax. <laughs> From about 3 o'clock to 10 o'clock. And then tonight, you can see me on the Ingram Angle. I will be on with Laura Ingram. 
uh, on the angle uh, this morning. I was on Fox and Friends. I will post that on the Fox Across America Facebook page. Uh, last night's Sean Hannity hit is already streaming on foxacrossamerica.com as well as the Fox Across America Facebook page. But right now, uh, enough about my TV side hustle. Let's do the damn thing. It's radio. It's you and me time, girlfriend. And I got a lot to say. It is going to be a rowdy one. So here's the story out of the White House. I always like when these press releases come out. The White House says, you know, it's never Biden says it's the White House says. I think he's got a point. Why? Because they're basically telling him what to say. They're like, hey, you want that pudding cup at the end of Bonanza? You better shut up and do what we say in this press release. Come on, man. He's like, no. You listen, you want that pudding cup, yes or no? And he's like, oh. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. And finally, he just says what they tell him to. But here it is. This is just crazy stuff, okay? So the president is going to veto a bill, okay? It was introduced by Representative Greg Stubbe. You've heard Stubbe on the show before. Uh, He introduced a bill called the Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act. The Protection of Women and Girls in Sports. That's what they called it. And this isn't like one of those scams, like, you know, the Inflation Reduction Act. We're like, we're calling it the Inflation Reduction Act, but it's a climate change bill that actually increases inflation. That's just how white folks will do you. That's how the Democrats did us. The minute they passed the Inflation Reduction Act, something that had a popular name, they're like, this is the biggest climate change bill in history. What we passed today. What a fraud. Total fraud. Because the bill didn't do or even attempt to tackle what it claimed to be motivated by, what it claimed to be inspired by, what it claimed to be in pursuit of, okay? But here's the scam, okay? Under this current attempt by Stubbe, the Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act, the legislation would, in fact, okay, make sure any institution that receives Title IX funding from the federal government Title IX funding for women's equality in sports would actually have to promote women's equality. Could you imagine? You know, right now all these Title IX schools are in favor of having biological men swimming against biological women. That's not right. And we know it's not right. Leah Thomas, Will Thomas as a man, was ranked 432nd in the world jumped into the women's swimming pool and became the number one ranked swimmer in the country pretty quickly. He was winning by a minute in some of the finals. Do you understand? So he wouldn't be in the top 400 as a man. He's number one as a woman. Everything you need to know about whether or not there's a biological advantage is right there for you on the medal podium. Okay, we don't have one story, not one, of a biological woman switching over to a man and breaking all the records. I admire your honesty. We don't even have one of a biological woman swimming over a man and being competitive, let alone being, you know, catapulting from number 400 in the rankings to number one. And do you want to know why? It's because there are vast biological differences between boys and girls. There is a thing called biology, and it does matter on the field of play. Okay, but what they've done, and this is the part that drives me so crazy, okay, is they've tried to frame this as a war on trans people. You hope they die. Democrats are so full of crap. It's not what anyone's saying. It's not transphobic. It's not anti-trans legislation. It's pro 
women. Bingo. Nobody said trans people can't exist. Nobody said trans people can't play sports. What we've all said is, hey, you can either A, compete against members of your own biological gender, or B, and everybody's open to this, why don't we just make a separate category? Why don't we just take transgender athletes? If you don't, you're a biological man, but you don't want to be one. Biological man, you don't want to be one. Why don't we just put them in their own category of people that are amongst, you know, they're, they're in that identity, they're in the identity lane. You know, not, I don't want to do my, my own gender, I don't do the other gender. And I think this is the ultimate form of tolerance and inclusion. Hey, you get to go do your thing. But they don't want that. You want to know why they don't want that? Because tolerance and acceptance is useless to the modern left. Oh, wow. Okay, again, none of us are saying you can't exist. None of us are saying you don't have the right to be. But they're characterizing our response as such. Why? Because it gives them grievance. It gives them another manufactured civil rights movement. Racism doesn't work the way it used to. Now people laugh when they get called a racist. Like, oh, do me. It'll be hilarious. That guy called me a racist. You know, used to getting called a racist. You know, used to, you know, you kick the record. It stopped the party. What the hell did you just say? Seriously, someone called you a racist. Now it's like it's hilarious. It's like Weird Al Yankovic parodied one of your songs. You know you've made it as a band when a Democrat is out there calling you racist. You're like, whoa. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. But people aren't being cowed by the accusation anymore. So transphobic is the new racism. You just call people transphobic. Oh, well, you, you know, but that's losing its luster really fast because what happened was social pressure campaigns had really pistol whipped a lot of people into compliance with ideas they themselves didn't agree with. OK, there's never been a bigger gap between what people believe and what they're willing to say publicly for fear of a blowback. And that's how they got away with getting biological men into women's sports. There was such a fierce blowback if you said, well, I don't know about this. They're like, what are you going to kill these people? What do you mean? You transphobic lunatic. Be like, whoa, I don't, I don't want that going on. I don't want to get called that. I guess I'll just shut up about this one. And that's what happened. But very quickly, biological men started erasing biological women in women's sports. Here is Leah Thomas, who's kind of the face of this whole thing, who is, of course, being you know, in a lot of ways, challenged by her former teammates who are flat out saying, first of all, Leah Thomas, as a male, exposed his genitalia to women in the women's locker room. Okay, that's the accusation from Riley Gaines, who also said it's unfair to biological women. Okay, that they have to swim against biological men for that. She was assaulted at San Francisco State University, held hostage in an actual classroom. And then, of course, the university praised the students for peacefully getting together and doing a nice job. Thank you, you guys. I mean, come on, man. But that's what we're dealing with here. Everybody yelling at you about intolerance, you know, uh, it's got to be inclusive. You've got to be tolerant, you know, unless you express views counter to theirs. Then all of a sudden things get crazy. But here's Leah Thomas trying to frame this as, you know, we got to protect transgender kids so they can play sports. The truth is nobody, you don't have a single person who's saying transgender kids can't play sports. We're saying they should either play sports in their origin gender or they should play 
in a separate category. They just shouldn't play at the expense of other athletes. But here, Leah Thomas trying to frame this as an attack on transgender children. Clip 20. My name is Leah Thomas. I'm a transgender woman, a former college swimmer, and the first trans athlete to be named Division I NCAA champion. I started swimming when I was five years old. It has taught me so much. It has given me so many opportunities to learn, grow, develop, and connect with my peers. Opportunities that I wouldn't have gotten if I didn't have access to athletics. That's why it breaks my heart to see trans kids across the country lose out on these opportunities. The Department of Education has proposed a new rule for Title IX regarding transgender athletes. This rule would prohibit blanket bans on transgender kids, especially in grades K through eight. However, it would not prohibit discrimination against trans kids in the high school and college levels under the guise of competitive fairness. You are so full of sh- Oh, it would not prohibit discrimination against trans kids. No, you know who it would actually uh, enable discrimination against? Women. Leah Thomas, I'm a first trans athlete to be named Division One NCAA champion. Okay, yeah, I wouldn't be very proud of that. Okay, you went into a division where you held a massive advantage. You dig, and you won. And it's not to say, again, that you don't have the right to be in sports. It's not to say we don't want you in a team environment. It's not to say you shouldn't enjoy the same highs and lows that other people court in athletics. It's to say you should be doing so on a level playing field. The whole point of Title IX was to grant women a level playing field in college athletics. But now the Democrats have turned it into Title Nine inches. Anyway, here's a little more Leah Thomas, clip 21. During this time of intense anti-trans backlash, the trans community needs explicit protections from discrimination in order to live our lives freely and equally. Luckily, this rule is not final. We have a 30-day period to urge the Biden administration to amend the rule and grant equal protection for all transgender kids because all trans kids deserve the opportunity to compete and play in the sports they love without compromising who they are. Join me in commenting on this proposed rule and demanding equal protection for all transgender athletes. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Okay, this idea... That, oh, boys and girls should not be denied who they are. You're denying who you are. Okay, you're born a boy. You're trying to become a woman. You're born a girl trying to become a boy. Nobody says you can't do that, but you're already denying who you are. That's the whole basis of this, is you're telling us gender is a construct and who you are is just a figment of our imagination because you're actually somebody else. They're crazy. Some people feel that way, but again, I support their right to be. This is America. E pluribus unum, out of many, one. Freedom! That's the whole point. You want to be trans? Go be trans. The whole point of having these freedoms, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, is just not to do them at the expense of anyone else. So when you hear a scam like this out of the White House, you know, this, oh, man, the administration strongly opposes House passage of H.R. 734 for students nationwide participating in sports. Being a part of a team is an important point of growing up, staying engaged. No one said they can't do it. Do whatever you want. Do it in your division. Do it in your original gender's division. The only thing anyone's asking is for you not to do it at the expense of women. And the comeback to that is that we're transphobes. We're monsters. We want these people to die. No, it's not true. We just want these people and everybody trying to weaponize this transphobia card to stop being so full of
Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, 888-788-9910. Emily Campagno is going to be here. That's exciting. She's co-host of Outnumbered. She's got a weigh-in on, man, they had these crazy hearings in New York yesterday about Alvin Bragg's woke bail reforms. Everything woke turns to Really heavy stuff. Andy Biggs in the house as well from the great state of Arizona. And, of course, we're going to talk about Elon Musk's interview with Tucker Carlson. In regards to artificial intelligence. I got a bad feeling about this. We're going to get to that in a little bit. It was a mess last night. Elon Musk is basically the guy in Jurassic Park who's like, yeah, maybe we don't need all these dinosaurs. (laughs) This could get ugly for us. And Google and Microsoft are like, oh, stop it. Think of the money we'll make. Think how many tickets we'll sell to the park. Ah, it's going to be great. But we're in a really precarious spot as it pertains to artificial intelligence. We'll get into it. Uh, but, of course, first, when we come back, we have to talk light beer because Bud Light busted out the Clydesdales. <laughs> They're trying to get the country back on their side. Like, you know you screwed up as a marketer when you're making a follow-up commercial with animals in it because people like animals, obviously, a lot more than humans. So Bud Light has a commercial with a Clydesdale running across the country. That's right. They busted out Mr. Ed. But what they didn't tell you is after drinking a case of Bud Light, he now identifies as Mr. Ed. It's a mess. We're going to clean it up when we come back right here on the Big Bay, one and only Fox Across America. Budweiser presents Real Them of Genius. Real Them of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Biological Male pretending to be a woman. Mr. Biological Male pretending to be a woman. Millions of beer drinkers spend the day working a grueling shift on the construction site, but you pranced around the house on TikTok dressed as a six-year-old girl. You're a kid Anyone can hang their hat up after a long shift, but only a true hero can take off their dress and untape their nuts. Now that stings! 
So crack open an ice cold bud, Mr. Biological Male, pretending to be a woman. Normally, beer comes in a cardboard case. But thanks to you, it now comes in a mental case. Mr. Biological Male, pretending to be a woman. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, Bud Light. Trying to get up off the canvas. They trotted out the Clydesdales. You gotta do better than that. I'm going to give you some of this really quick. We talked about this on Hannity last night. I was on a panel. It was myself, Kaylee McEnany, former White House press secretary, good friend of the show, outnumbered co-host. And uh, we were talking. And Sean, I had to tell you, the one thing you had to give Sean Hannity a lot of credit for. Because, guys, you know, Sean Hannity. Okay, when you talk about, like, radio shows, when you talk about media reach. Okay, if radio shows are boats. Okay, Hannity is like a carnival cruise ship with a roller coaster on it and the water slide, everything in between. I'm like the Somali pirates on the inflatable raft in Captain Phillips compared to a guy like Hannity. But understand, when I hang out with him, when I'm on his show, whether we're on the air, we're off the air talking to the audience together, like the guy, you know, in a lot of ways is like me, except I am one of the little people. Like Sean has a legitimate affinity and connection to the plight of the little guy. I do as well, but it's, I think, more commendable in his instance because he is so spectacularly prosperous in life as opposed to me. Like gas goes up another 20 cents. <laughs> I ought to be turning tricks behind the gas station to break even this week. It's not pretty, okay? But understand, okay, what Sean said last night on the air was he kind of wants the boycott to go away if only – because he's worried about the rank-and-file workers at Bud Light that are affected by this, the guys who have delivery routes, the guys who run bars and stuff like that. Okay, and that's his position. Hey, what about the little guy? Which I think is commendable, and I think his heart is in the right place. But I think where Bud Light, okay, is still in the wrong place, is it's almost like their apology commercial continued to insult the audience. You know how the original reasoning, that was given to us by the female head of marketing was, well, you know, Bud Light's image, it was kind of fratty. It was out of touch humor. Oh, shut up, woman. Okay, so you're telling the people who consume your product they're kind of fratty and out of touch. Like if you went on to say Shark Tank and you were like, I got this great marketing campaign. We're going to insult our core consumer and then we're going to make the spokesperson Something political, something political that is the very reason people need to drink in the first place, which is to get the hell away from politics and fighting and their stresses. Beer is supposed to be happy time. But this marketing executive, imagine you walk in the Shark Tank and, you know, you know all the things people are trying to get away from when they consume our product. We're going to put it right on the side of the can. What would you do with a brain if you had one? That's what they would have said to her on Shark Tank. They would have said, what would you do with a brain if you had one? Or they would have said, get her out. Get her out of here. But now Bud Light's trying to apologize by saying, hey, whoa, (laughs) here's a horse running through iconic American imagery. We are a all-American company over here at Bud White. Again, it's insulting your audience. Bud is a foreign-owned company. Okay, I refer to them still as Tranheiser-Busch, but they're owned by InBev, which is a European company. But they're basically saying to the audience, well, we know you're mad, but if we show you a horse 
right running past the wheat fields of America. You'll come back around on our side. I mean, it's I'm such an idiot. It really is. This is pretty much the worst video ever made. Okay, let me give you some of the audio from this. Because I'm just, they're making it worse. I think Crisis Management 101 is just let people punch themselves out. Nothing you can say in this moment is going to fix it. You did a stupid thing. Take the L. Okay, they can't come out and say, we regret putting Leah, you know, uh, with Leah Thomas, Dylan Mulvaney on the side of the can because we know our core audience does not support radical transgenderism. But they can't say that because you know what happens? Radical transgenderism comes running back to the headquarters and is like, you're a monster, how dare you? So they go from pissing off all of their core consumers to being called transphobes. And now there's another whole facet of society that turns on Bud Light. So they realize they've already alienated one side of the aisle. If they specifically say they regret the Dylan Mulvaney thing, congratulations, you've now alienated the whole entire country. So Bud Light's screwed. So the move you're supposed to make in this instance is to just shut up. He knows what he's talking about. But here's the Budweiser ad that it's rooted in the heart of America, you know, as it's owned in the heart of Europe. Clip 27. Rooted in the heart of America. Found in a community where a handshake is a sure contract. Brood for those who found opportunity in challenge and hope in tomorrow. Raised by generations, willing to sip, share, risk, remember. This is a story Bigger than beer. This is the story of the American spirit. <laughs> Come on, don't bullshit me. This is the story of the American spirit. That is a fact check false. <laughs> Stop it. Listen, man, it's patronizing because you're basically saying, hey, ho, hey, hey, I know you guys are a little upset right now. But we showed you a horse, and we said America, in our little focus group, we sat around. We are like, what do these dumb idiots respond? They like them. They like the country. They, did, they like horses. Look at the horsey. Look, everybody, a horsey over here, right in the middle of the commercial. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're treating you like idiots. It's patronizing. And that's the part where I'm telling you when it comes to crisis management, I don't doubt whoever cooked up this commercial meant well. They want to help the brand. They want to rehabilitate their image. But sometimes you're better off just taking the L. You know the old Kenny Rogers song, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, that whole thing, know when to walk away, know when to run. Okay, that's, you know, in this instance, it's so paramount that the crisis management team not make it worse by just coming out and giving everybody a little pat on the head. Like, oh, we know you're upset right now, but you like horses. <laughs> it's so stupid. But you know it's bad. You know it's gotten to a place of, you know, we're plunging the depths of moral decay and intellectual decline when the view weighs in. The view is awful. So here's Whoopi Goldberg trying to kind of like 
have it. She's kind of really is trying to have it both ways here in this clip. Uh, but it's the view. And I will tell you this, man. You know, every every political issue is now a conflation. You don't get a head-on reaction to what one side is saying. You know, I was telling you with trans rights as a whole, the conservative viewpoint on trans rights is everyone over 18 has every right to be trans. We would appreciate it if you didn't force it on our children. In fact, we're not going to let you force it on our children because it's barbaric child abuse. Okay, that is the position. We didn't say kill them. We didn't say throw them in jail. We don't say they have a right to exist. You're over 18. You are a fully developed consenting adult. Go be whatever the hell you want. That is the trans. That is the our official take. It's, of course, confronted as, well, Republicans want to kill trans people. I'm like, wait, what? Republicans want to erase trans. They want to deny trans kids health care. That's how they frame it. But health care is like you're sick, you go to the doctor. You know, you need some meds to get better. Health care is not an elective surgery where you go out and chop your It's not. Okay, but they're spinning that as health care in an attempt to put you in an indefensible position. Democrats are so full of crap. Totally. Hey, are you with us or are you with those Republicans that want to deny trans kids health care? They frame it as if a trans kid goes to the doctor and they're like, hey, can I get some medicine? And the doctor's like, the answer would be no. That's not what's going on. This is elective surgery. It's no different than getting your daughter a boob job at the age of five. It is elective. And the reason you don't get her one is because she hasn't fully biologically developed, one. And two, because hopefully you're not a weirdo. I think he's got a point. A creep. Okay? Anybody who wants to sexualize young children shouldn't be around young children. Correct the mundo. Doesn't mean we hate trans kids. But if your kid is trans, it's because you made your kid trans. Okay, kids don't get out of bed and go, by the way, I think I'm trapped in the wrong body. No, those are adults with an agenda being like, you know, honey, you might be trapped in the wrong body. You know, Snookums, I think you're in the wrong body. Hey, do you ever think, sweetie, you might be in the wrong body? I was thinking about it. You know, there's a surgery mommy could get you that would get you into a different body because you must feel so trapped. I feel bad for you. You seem down in the dumps. You didn't finish your yogurt yet. Are you, are you sure we don't need to just chop your junk off? I'm concerned, honey. You don't seem right this morning. That's what's going on right now. It's psychotic. It's barbaric. And more importantly, it's denying kids the right to fully evolve. I have raised one child. Okay, and I can tell you it was only 14. Jenny did most of the heavy lifting. But the evolution we have seen from Lincoln over the course of these 14 years and the idea that whatever mood he was in at the age of five or six would now become his permanent mood for the rest of his life through the means of surgery and medication. That's not right. And everyone knows it's not right, but they go along with it anyway, because if you're on the surgical side of this, you say you support it because you're in it for the kids. But let's be honest. Money, 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 money. Same with the pharmaceutical people. Well, we're just looking out for the kids. It's gender affirming care. Money, 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 money. They're making so much money. Okay, so there's always a conflation when it comes to the debate we're having. I gave you the Republican position. Be trans. Welcome. Be as trans as you want to be. Remember the old Two Live Crew album, As Nasty As They Want to Be? As transy as they want to be. Go be as trans as you want. Uh, Don't force it on kids. That's the position. It's not we want to kill these people. And it's no different than when I'm about to play you from Whoopi Goldberg. She's talking about beer. You know, beer doesn't have a belief system. No, no, no. We're not mad at beer. We're mad at the people who took away our escape from politics, which is beer, and dumped a, a keg of identity politics down our throats. 
when we were just trying to go to happy hour and escape all the garbage. But here it is. It's clip 28. What are you so angry about? Beer <laughs> does not have a... <laughs> I mean, it's not a Democrat or a Republican. Yeah. It doesn't, have, it doesn't sure. have a belief system. It's just beer. <laughs> well, and, and the thing is, it's like, I think that these people that were destroying their own beer, which is also kind of dumb. Uh, well, thanks for um, the money. I mean, dude. I'm surrounded by idiots. Do you remember when I told you that they're never confronting the issue head on? Like, this is a straw man argument. Why are you guys mad at beer? You're mad. <laughs> Nobody's mad at beer. We love beer. We've got millions of options in that beer fridge tonight. When we go into that beer fridge at the, at the store, we never say, hey, which one of these has a bikini model? With a little bit of a bulge in the front of her swimsuit. We're not doing that. It's not a thing. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. But the point is, we're not mad at beer. She tries to frame this as if we think the can made the decision. As if we think the liquid inside of it made the decision. In my opinion, that sucked. Of course it sucked. But that's all they do on The View is suck. It's horrible. But that's the conflation here. Like on the left, they're making themselves feel better about this by being like, oh, the Republicans are mad at beer. They're so stupid because that's what they do. They sell moral superiority. They sell self-righteousness to a bunch of gassy middle-aged women who don't know better. They sit in the, in the audience and applaud the dumbest things you've ever heard in your life. Here's Whoopi saying Jill Biden should be Surgeon General. She's not a doctor. Dr. Jill becomes a Surgeon General. His wife. Yeah. Joe, Biden. Joe Biden's wife, because she, you know, she he would do. never do it. But she, she, yeah, she's a hell of a doctor. She's an amazing doctor. I thought she was I a doctor like, in PhD. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I could don't be wrong. Maybe I thought she was yeah. a teacher. Yeah, I think she's, she's a teacher, but. That was embarrassing. <laughs> Dr. Jill could be Surgeon General because she's an excellent doctor. She's a fine. <laughs> But that's what goes on in The View. And the audience is like, yeah, no, I, I think this is good. Just like Whoopi being like, Yo, why are you mad at beer? And the audience is like, yeah, why are you mad at beer? That's dumb. Beer didn't do anything. The humans did. Stupid people who alienated their audience, talked down to them, told them they were a bunch of fratty, out-of-touch dirtbags. And now they're like, no, no, we'll bring you back. We'll show you a horse. Here's the, the arches in St. Louis. Now, you like that stuff, so drink our beer again. It's condescension that they're mad at. It's forcing identity politics into a space people would inhabit to escape identity politics. The View, I'm telling you, is the highest streaming show in Guantanamo Bay for a reason. It's more effective than waterboarding. Far more likely to get a confession out of a would-be terrorist with a Whoopi Goldberg bit of analysis than you are that pitcher of water. Which is why every time you hear the view talk, you should just picture this sound in your head.
is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. It is Fox Across America. Your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Got a lot going on in the next hour. Now you talk about embarrassment of radio riches. Emily Campagna is going to be your co-host of number. Uh, we're also going to talk to Paul Morrow about, check this out, word surfaced yesterday that China was operating a secret police station right here in New York City. That can't be good. Not good. Uh, this is not the kind of thing that happens inside a country that is respected around the world. China had its own police station down on Canal Street. Are you kidding me? We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just, they're not respecting our country the way they used to. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom, there it is. Back in action on a big Tuesday episode a Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Emily Campagno is coming by in this hour. She is the co-host of Outnumbered. Uh, we're going to discuss the field hearings yesterday in New York City in regards to Alvin Bragg and the victims of crime that are being called props by Democratic lawmaker Hank Johnson. Garbage like you just makes me sick. What a lowlife. Paul Morrow, retired NYPD detective, going to weigh in as well about China operating a secret police station right here in the United States of America. I, Biden is such a disaster. How is this going on? And why isn't everybody talking about it? We're talking about it because we care. We deal in substance on this show. It's America's family meeting. I'm like the deadbeat radio dad who's barely holding himself together. But every day for three hours, we get together at this dinner table. And uh, what would you learn at school today? What would you find out at your job, Sally? And you can call in and you can tell me. 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of the shindig. Also, the phone number if you do not want to be a part of the shindig. If you just want to call me up and be like, you know what? You know what? I listen to this show every day and I just wanted to say, you suck. Yeah, jackass. That'd be good radio. We'd take it. We would welcome the call on this show. We can take the tough love. Uh, but one way or the other, you know, the mood has been so intense lately in our political discourse. We're fighting over beer brands and influencers and trans rights and China's developing hypersonic missiles that we can't defend against. The border's overrun. We just set another record for fentanyl overdose deaths. So I thought I'd lighten the mood a little bit uh, with some news that Elon Musk says artificial intelligence is going to kill us all. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. And I don't know that it explicitly lightened the mood so much as it said, hey, don't worry about all these other things. I don't know. I, to be honest with you, Elon Musk sat down with Tucker Carlson last night. I'm going to play the clips and kind of said, yeah, we're a one wrong turn away from AI really becoming an enemy of civilization, an enemy of the human race, if you will. But I don't I got to tell you, man, like A.I. better speed it up if they think they're going to ruin the world before the people in charge currently do. OK, it is. <laughs> Elon Musk is like, A.I. is going to get us all killed. And the Democratic Party was like, hold my Bud Light. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. Here it is. Elon talking to Tucker 
about the need for oversight. And I think he makes a really good point in that, you know, we have always been as hard as this is to fathom. Humans are the smartest species on the planet. As hard as it is to fathom it. Don't be thick, all right? No, no, we are technically the smartest species on the planet. Okay, there are other animals, mammals we can beat, like a bear can beat you up, chimpanzee tear you apart, lion will eat you whole. Okay, there are, we're not physically superior to a lot of species on the planet. Okay, to some species anyway, but we are considered mentally superior, more intelligent as a species, yet the inferior intellectual species, talking about lions and bears, animals, haven't been eradicated because we have souls, we have compassion, we have a love for these beings. Okay, artificial intelligence, if it becomes the dominant thinking force on the planet, doesn't give it a soul, doesn't give it compassion. The only thing it'll ultimately have is the values of whoever programmed the thing. So you can wind up in a situation where you've got artificial intelligence programmed by people that don't necessarily like the people they disagree with. This could be a problem. Elon talked about that, about it's being trained to lie and withhold information because artificial intelligence wants to be politically correct. So it doesn't want to say things that will upset people, even if that means it has to lie. Artificial intelligence will tell you that a man can have a baby. You're not telling me the truth. We have no example of that. Okay, but it will tell you that because that's the politically correct position to take. But understand, if artificial intelligence starts manipulating political discourse, we now live in a completely untrue world. And if you become the enemy of that mechanism that's shaping opinion, you could very well find yourself designated for extermination one way or the other in the workplace or, heaven forbid, something far worse. So here is Elon Musk, a guy who is developing artificial intelligence. He's doing it himself and telling you, by the way, this could be bad. You know, every once in a while, if you're buying an appliance, I said this on Fox and Friends this morning, You'll meet that one honest salesman who's like, you could buy the more expensive model. I'll make a little more money. But I got to be honest, this it isn't any better for you. You don't necessarily need this. Sure, I could make the commission, but you don't necessarily need this. Okay. Elon Musk is doing that right now. He's like, you could buy the more expensive model, but I got to be honest with you. It might kill you. <laughs> you don't really need this. You don't really need this model. Okay. On some level, you got to admire his honesty. On another level, you got to be like, wow, it's got to give you a pause. Elon Musk is basically the guy who's saying, well, if we're going to do this artificial intelligence thing, we need to regulate it. We need more oversight. We need to be more responsible. But guys like Larry Page over at Google, the folks at Microsoft, are like, oh, hell no. We got to make this money, girl. We're going to make big money. Let's go. Elon Musk is saying, hey, hey, Jurassic Park. Hey, Dr. Henry Wu. I don't know. Maybe we slow our roll on all these dinosaurs. And Henry's like, yo, dude. We got to get this paper, baby. We got to get paid over here. Money, 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 money. So we're in a real, real wild spot. But here's Elon breaking it down. Clip 31. It is fundamentally profound in that the the, the smartest creatures, as far as you know, on this earth are humans, um, is our defining characteristic. Yes. Um, we're obviously uh, weaker than, say, chimpanzees and less agile, um, but real smarter. So... 
Uh, now, what happens when something uh, vastly smarter than the smartest person uh, comes along in silicon form? Uh, it's very difficult to predict what will happen in that circumstance. It's called the singularity. It's you know, a singularity like a black hole, because yes. you, you don't know what happens after that. It's hard to predict. So I think we should be cautious with uh, AI, um, and we should. I think there should be some government oversight uh, because it affects the. It, it's a danger to the public. Think about that. Okay, we don't know how this will act when it replaces us as the superior species. You dig? I got a bad feeling about this. Again and again and again. <laughs> We don't, we don't know what it's going to do. Let's just let it go. Okay, AI is like, in a lot of ways, you know, it's like if you're a comedian at a comedy club, a bachelorette party holds a lot of potential. It could be the source of so much good material because they're hammered. They've got their little male genitalia-shaped straws. They're loud. They're going to interact with you because they want to be the center of attention. Bachelorette parties hold great potential. But there's always the off chance that it goes the wrong way. Someone's hammered, throwing up, crying. Two girls get into a fight. They don't respect the show. I mean, if you were to poll comedians who perform live around the country, they would tell you a bachelorette party is their most primal concern when they get on stage because it's a really disruptive force that requires a lot of attention from the comics. Okay, in a lot of ways, AI is the bachelorette party of technology. Yeah, it could do some nice things. It could write you a term paper. It could save you a lot of legwork here and there. But heaven forbid it goes sideways. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. But when Elon Musk, and this is the most telling part of the Tucker interview, Elon Musk spoke to Larry Page, who's the co-founder of Google, and said, hey, we got to be careful. This thing could wipe out humanity. And Larry Page at Google called him a speciest, meaning like a, a racist. Well, it would, what's wrong with you, putting our species over other species? What are you thinking here? That's not right. Except in this case, it is right, okay? I am a proud speciest. You should be a proud speciest. We should all prefer the human race to any other species on the planet. Why? Because if we're not... The superior preferred in charge species, it doesn't end good for any of us. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Here's clip 32. My perception was that Larry was not taking uh, AI safety uh, seriously enough. Um, and um, What did he say about it? He really seemed to be um, one, one sort of digital superintelligence, basically digital god, if you will, uh, uh, as soon as possible. Um, he wanted that? Yes. He's, he's made many public statements over the years uh, that, that the whole goal of Google is uh, uh, what's called AGI, artificial general intelligence or artificial superintelligence. But, you know, and, I, and I agree with him that the, there's great potential for good, um, but there's also potential for bad. And so if, if you've got some um, radical new technology, you want to try to take the set of actions that maximize probably it, it will do good and minimize probably it will do bad things. Imagine that. But over at Google, they're like, yo, girl, we got to build these dinosaurs. <laughs> Come on down. Jurassic Park. Box office sales have been a little slow. We're going to boost the gate.
Okay, and that's what he's up against in this moment is people on the other side of the conversation just trying to get that cash. That's all it is. Elon's like, what if it kills us all? And Google's like, please give us money. And that doesn't end good for any of us, Silicon Valley. You have no idea how to defend a nation. A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, slowing it down. Little Spandau Ballet, Fox Cross America with Jimmy Fallon. Not the only school dance superstar here, because I was a school dance superstar. You might not know this, but Emily Campagna's here. Get excited. <laughs> That's a win. Uh, did you love a good school dance back in the day? Of course, and I loved the movie that this song played Can in I... the prom scene, which was 16 Candles. Thank you. Can That's I just give you, you, like, my first at Wisdom Lane Middle School? These were the happening songs when I was in sixth grade. <laughs> Okay, imagine just being alive, and you were. Uh, Sweet Child of Mine was on the radio when I was in sixth grade. You know what else was a hit? Because Top 40 was weird. Uh, Rick Astley, Never Gonna Give You Up, Never Gonna Let You Down. That would come on. I just rocking out to that the other day. And you know, every 80s hair band would throw in, they all had slow jams. Yeah, they did. So Never Say Goodbye by Bon Jovi was a showstopper. Because you'd get in a fight with your sixth grade girlfriend. I'm not holding your hand anymore. And then, like, the song would come on at the end, and you're like, I guess we're back. You know, rock that whole ballads. thing. Remember yeah, rock the, ballads. Remember the, like, 14 disc? Yeah, exactly. Every Rose Has Its Thorn exactly. was there. But Every Rose Has Its Thorn wasn't, like, a come-together song. It was like, this did, this didn't work out. Well, like Love Bites from yeah, Def, yeah, Leopard. Def Leopard. It's slow, so you think it's about you, but it's actually anti. Thank you. Pour Some Sugar On Me was being played at those days. I mean, we might have went, in terms of school dances, maximum octane musically, we might have been in the best era. Well, 100%. I also think that your geography had a lot to do with it growing up on Long Island because we're the same age, but my school dances were like... Too um, short? <laughs> yes. Well, that was, that was through my time at Raiders as an adult as well. Um, and uh, lots of like... Um, it's Give the it end of the road, boys to men. Oh. Like all of the R&B. Like, we were like the R&B. We've come to, to the, the end. end. Road. <laughs> Emily, that's Yo, crazy. we would record it off the radio. Those were the so that was sort of our. Okay, I can get with that. Scene. I get it. You know, like a little bit of an R and B vibe. I get it. Richmond, California. Yeah. yeah. Hey, girl, Emily Campagno in the house, co-host of Outnumbered, host of the Fox News True Crime podcast, streaming everywhere. I mean, places podcasts don't even normally stream. You know. <laughs> On to, the moon. I, it's, it's everywhere. <laughs> you know all those documentaries we're making about the moon? It's because they want to hear the podcast. That's right. They heard it's got the most pristine sound as if you land up there on the dark side of the moon, as a matter of fact. The number um, one podcast amongst aliens. <laughs> it is great, though, and today a new episode dropped. Give it to me. Give it to me. This one is an incredible edge-of-your-seat thriller. So we are boots on ground with a U.S. marshal that identified and caught the two Beltway snipers. And it's Ooh. a really fascinating, gripping story because he talks about how he had to overcome the presumption that was perpetuated not only by the media about a white van and a lone white male that he was like, the evidence is pointing in a different direction. And not only was the media furthering that, but the own agencies were as well. So it's a really awesome behind-the-scenes stories of how they narrowed down and triangulated to the identity of these two people. 
one of which uh, received the death penalty, was executed. The other was a minor at the time, so was spared. But it's a really, I just got chills. Um, That's heavy. So many details that you don't know yet um, or have never been released. And it's a really incredible story told by U.S. Marshal Bill Sarukas. So everywhere you can listen to podcasts, go ahead and jump on. And you can watch it on YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. Fox News YouTube as well, starting tomorrow. How about it, Emily Campagno? And you know what's nice about it? is it's a throwback to an era where they arrested the criminals. You know, it's like you can go to this Long other Long days past. <laughs> We're in New York yeah, now. Exactly. I, I, listen to, like. I listen just because the, lo- the bad guy got locked up and prosecuted at the end. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's crazy. That death? What are you <laughs> Fantasy talking about? ending. Come on. That guy would have been back out an hour later if he <laughs> happened in modern New York. They had his field hearing yesterday, man. It was crazy. Uh, it was crazy. They just, you know. Basically trying to be like, hey, we don't want to die on the way to the grocery store. And the Democrats are like, you're a bunch of props. I'm like, wait, what? Like, in what world is this okay? But this is what I wanted to ask. Do you think? this? We're just spitballing now. We're back at the school dance. We're on the bleachers. No mm. one would dance with us. <laughs> so we're just, we got nothing. Everybody else is hanging. Everyone else is listening to In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel. Yeah, they are. We're just sitting there. We're, we're like Martha Dump Truck on yeah. the bleachers. <laughs> and Yeah, exactly. You would, which, we're Winona Ryder and Christian Slater. Which, you well, which, by the way, Heathers. if Say Anything was made nowadays uh, you know or you know john cusack shows up outside some girl's house with a boom box and cut the boom box gets shot out of his hands <laughs> he's <laughs> shot in the face the boom box is stolen in the neighborhood i grew up in that boom box is gone it's taken out a bunch of veterans in levittown there's no way that works not at that hour of the night either but i think i i think on some i think on some level okay the era we grew up in, which was a very common sense era, wasn't a politically contentious era. I'm sure there were issues, but we didn't know about them. If you were a sixth grade kid, you didn't know what politics were. You really didn't, unless your parents forced it on you. But my hope is, I think we might be coming back to common sense because I think there's enough people out there now that are just like, hey, you know, what if we had like a nice halfway decent society where we weren't so mad all the time? Should I throw a school dance, America's school dance? You now they have like hands across America, which you can never do now because of COVID. People would be like, we're all going to get sick. But could we throw like a nationwide party? Of course. Like, should I, we do that? It's called Fourth of July, yo. <laughs> yeah, well, and but I agree, and I think that's something that uh, Congressman Dan Crenshaw has been doing, which is sort of having these like big parties that uh-huh. celebrate America, celebrate what unites us instead of what divides us. Imagine. They've been enormously popular. He's had mm-hmm. like a couple birthday parties and stuff like that. So yeah, mm-hmm. he he I think has his in Texas all the time. Obviously, yeah. uh, you should have yours on Long Island, yo. Hey, girl, people can like. Pilgrimage. I, no, I think it should be nationwide. You know, they host like radio telethons. Oh, like all at the same time. I think we oh. should organize like an all at once moment where America just slams on the brakes. We have like a, a Make America Keg again. We I have was like going to say, nationwide... if it's you and me, then it's we all cheers at the same time. <laughs> no, no, I want I want the whole country. That's what like, I'm saying. Like okay. the whole country, we they cheers. But yeah. I'm saying since it involves you and me, it has to involve as well Thank beer you. and like sitting around doing nothing. So you, you and me are going drinking in D.C. next weekend. Yeah. That's going to be exciting. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. Emily and I will be back at the White House Correspondents' Dinner on the red carpet, and uh, we do well. We we are pound for pound as, like, party people go. Like, if you were going to take a, a network, right, and dress <laughs> people up in mascot costumes and let them shoot T-shirts into the stands, we're actually really good at it. It's like it's our one thing. Because we love it. Thank we're you. dogs with jobs, man. We, we love sh- it here. We should have fur costumes on the air. Like, you know, like the flyers of, like, Gritty or the yes, Philly Fanatic. I love Gritty. Yeah, we should be. We are the Gritties of Fox News. I also think we don't need costumes because look at us physically. <laughs> good like, job. Literally Emily. look at it. Like, we are literally the mascot. I'm the Muppet. You're the mascot. Thank you. She's animal. I'm going to tackle you at halftime. <laughs> I'm into that. Emily Campagno, <laughs> the Fox News True Crime <laughs> Podcast. It is streaming everywhere you get your pods, places you'd never think to get a pod. You'll find it there. Mm-hmm.
It's the joy of the True Crime Podcast. And we'll see you on Outnumber tomorrow, girlfriend. Can't wait, guys. There she goes. There she goes. Uh, get her out. Get her out of here. There she goes. Lincoln Fela's aunt Emily, co-host of Outnumbered. She will be. Uh, we're going down to D.C. We're going down to the swamp next weekend. It is the White House Correspondents' Dinner. We were there last year. Joe Biden gave a big speech. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And uh, after all of the revelry, I got to do some live TV on the red carpet with my man Lawrence Jones. I don't. I don't know if that's the thing. We haven't worked out the TV logistics of this year's dinner, but I do know we'll be there. Be at that open White House bar, baby girl, hanging out with all the media maniacs and seeing all the people from the other networks and everything in between. The media is a bunch of losers. It really, you know, it's funny, though. They call the White House Correspondents Dinner, the media people, you know, in kind of a self-deprecating way, they refer to it as nerd prom. They say, like, we're a bunch of nerds. This is our prom. They're not kidding. Like, they are nerds. Uh, Some of them do walk around, though, like they're cool. Like Don Lemon, I'm not kidding. It was so funny. Like we were at a private, we were at a party last year. Like Don Lemon was there. Like, and I mean it. Like was standing around. You know, like we should be awed to be in the presence of the lowest rated guy on the lowest rated channel. CNN is the worst. <laughs> but for real, but he was still standing there. Like, ha, oh, you're so lucky to be in my presence. And we were like, dude. Uh. There are more people waiting tables at this party than there are watching your show in primetime, you clown. <laughs> but we're excited to go. And we're nice. I talked to Jen Saki last year. We had a nice drink together. Saki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. Stop it. She was very pleasant at the party. I mean, even Brian. St- I'm not even making this up. I should have asked Emily about this. We talked to Brian Stelter at the dinner. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. Whatever. But the point is, Stelty came over. And was flirting with Emily like a dirtbag. Like, oh, I love you on Instagram. You're so great. I love your work. You're so incredible. This is absolutely gross. We were nice. We were actually nice. But the point is, uh, it's an opportunity for us to play nice in the sandbox with other networks. Uh, And we're very good at that here at Fox because it's not personal for us. You know, a lot of networks, a lot of people out there are trying to win elections. They're trying to control your life. We're trying... Okay, this is the only thing we're doing at Fox. Everybody's like, oh, your side. You know what our side is? It's America. We just want the country to thrive. Get the government the hell out of our lives. You know what I'm saying? Let people make their own choice. Freedom! That's basically the side. You dig? We're a very pro-America network. And it's like one of the biggest crimes of the age we're living in is that people aren't in on the joke at other networks. This is a country to be proud of. This is a country you are so impossibly fortunate to be a part of. You have American privilege if you live in this country. American privilege. Not white privilege. No such thing. American privilege. Okay, if you live here, you live here. You have more opportunity at your disposal than anyone else anywhere in the world. It's the biggest economy. It's the most upward mobility. It's the most tolerant. It's the most inclusive. If you live here. Okay, you are born, comparatively speaking, on third base compared to people in the rest of the world in terms of the amount of opportunity at your disposal. I understand you're going to run into hardships, 
things beyond your control that may stop you from getting a home plate right away. But the point is, if you're willing to keep working, you're in America, you're going to score every freaking time. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? I'm telling you because I care. The reason I talk so exhaustively about the fact that, oh, I used to be a cab driver. Now I'm on the radio, the TV, and millions of people are listening. I'm saying that because I understand if I can do that, okay, you can do that. Maybe you don't want this job, but whatever it is you want to do, okay, you can do if you want to put in the work to do it. And the problem is in this day and age, they're selling victimhood over victorhood. That's what all the other networks get wrong. The other networks are like, you're screwed. You're never going to make it. You need to vote Democrats so the government can help you solve everything in your life. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Every damn time. Okay, because you start relying on the government, they make every problem worse. COVID didn't do as much damage to our country as the actual reaction to COVID. Like, in theory, if you really thought about it, okay, kids lost... Two years, unnecessarily so, according to the data, two years of, of academic gains. I love the poorly educated. Okay, we crushed an economy. Okay, we fired people, cops. We fired cops from their jobs over the vaccine. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Think about that. When's the last time somebody was getting mugged and they were like, hey, 911, can you send a vaccinated cop over here? Because, heaven forbid... This guy that's beating me with an axe handle. I wouldn't want to catch COVID while I was getting beaten with this axe handle. I'd just, just as soon take the beating than have the chance of a cop coming by. I mean, that's what's going on right now. It's insanity. And lo and behold, the vaccine as much damage, okay, as mandates did to the economy. Okay, understand as much damage as mask wearing and stuff like that did to entire sectors of our, you know, of our economy like travel. Understand that none of it had to happen. Okay, we knew, we knew, we knew months, months into the pandemic who was dying from it. Elderly people with underlying health complications and people who were on the Jimmy Fallon diet, meaning they liked food a little too much. I swallowed a lot of aggression along with a lot of pizzas. <laughs> pizzas. But the government reaction, which was to shut down the economy, at shut down everything at the behest of Dr. Fauci. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. It would seem that way. But the government response to COVID did as much damage, if not more, than actual COVID. Because you understand, when people were locked down and they were denied the dignity of work, you know what went up? Okay, a lot of things. Alcohol abuse, drug abuse, domestic abuse. Never mind all the people who needed elective health procedures that now had to postpone them. Never mind the people who missed routine screenings. Things went unscreened, didn't get caught that could have. Do you know how many excess deaths happened as a result of the lockdowns? Almost as many as COVID deaths. And lo and behold, when we still held society back over a vaccine, vaccine didn't stop anybody from getting COVID. So you understand understand this. Okay, we were told vaccinated people 
could not get COVID. That was the sell. That's what they told us. Here is your CDC director, Rochelle Walensky. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick, um, and, and that it's not just in the clinical trials, but it's also in real world data. Step into my office. Why? Because you're fired. I mean, think about that. Our clinical data shows us people aren't even getting. Stop lying to us. They didn't have clinical data. The head of Pfizer testified in front of the European Parliament that they weren't even testing it to see if it stopped transmission. It was a therapeutic. But you understand, they the government response to COVID did so much damage, which is why the one thing we're always emphasizing over here at Fox is getting the government the hell out of your lives. Everything the government touches, it makes worse. Not only does it make it worse, but it makes it more expensive. Think of what the government just did on the Inflation Reduction Act. Okay, we've got a bill, and it's going to reduce inflation is what it's going to do. You are lying your ass off. Okay, the Inflation Reduction Act is the biggest climate change bill in the history of the world. But you know what the Congressional Budget Office told us? that spending all of this money on climate change in the name of inflation reduction was actually going to drive up the actual problem of inflation. That is financial lunacy. Of course it is. But that's what goes on. The government ruins everything it touches. So the point I was trying to make, and I really got going on a tangent. I'm all worked up today. I'm caffeinated. I'm a married man with a kid. I don't get out a lot. Give me like a cup of iced coffee. I'm just, you know, leaping through your speakers like Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah, that whole thing. But the reason Fox is on the American side and not the endless government overreach side is we've seen the damage government does. And, you know, what the other networks are trying to do and the reason it's so personal for them is they're in the business of selling self-righteousness to self-hating liberals. Like I know everybody who works at MSNBC and I know most of the people who watch MSNBC because I live here in New York City. Okay, and it's a lot of you know really rich white people who can't stand themselves. So they like to turn on MSNBC every night and get told they're better than you. They hate you so they don't have to hate themselves. Oh, look what the middle of the country did. Look what DeSantis did. Do you believe these Trump supporters? Unreal. Tim Scott's going to run? That black white supremacist? <laughs> That's what they call him. I mean, do you imagine how far gone you have to be emotionally? to be calling guys like Tim Scott and Larry Elder white supremacists. Uh, Apparently there was a typo in the white supremacist handbook. If the first black man to serve in both houses of Congress is a white supremacist, but they're not listening to themselves. Their emotions are their facts, which is why, you know, you saw that YouGov poll that was out this week that Fox News is the most trusted news network in the world. Double MSNBC and CNN, double. Okay, and why is that? Because we're not leading with our emotions, we're leading with the facts. Okay, we're out here busting our asses to get things right every day. But for that reason, it allows us to play nice in the sandbox when we meet people from other networks. We're not running on our emotions. People whose emotions are their facts have really been calibrated to despise those who disagree with them. If you feel emotionally that something's evil, you've been made to feel that it's evil, of course you're going to hate the people who aren't on your side of the issue. They're evil. That's what the Democrats do. You're a transphobe. You're a racist. Because people who will take that at face value naturally learn to other the people who don't agree with them. Well, they're transphobes and racists. I'm not going to hang out with them. And that's what happens. 
So the th reason we're so potent at Fox, the reason people like Emily and I are so potent at the White House Correspondents' Dinner is because we're real people. And there's really not a lot of us out there in the media. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Taking the edge off, one story at a time. America needs to learn how to lighten up. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Uh, there's a lot of things going on in the news yesterday. We're all boycotting beer brands and everything in between. But something I thought kind of rose to the level of our national attention is the fact that China is apparently operating a secret police station in Lower Manhattan. What the hell did you just say? I didn't believe it either. I was like, this is a spoof or something. But joining us now to separate fact from fiction, retired NYPD inspector Paul Morrow in the house. Hey, man. Hey, what's going on? Is this an actual thing? Like, what does it even mean that there's a yeah, secret amazing. police station? You know what? At least somebody's prosecuting crime in New York City. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't kick him out yet. Morrow makes a good point. <laughs> yeah, uh, good. Uh, in all honesty, um, this is not as unusual as people might think. This has been going on a good long time. It's a little bit of a misnomer. They don't have a separate police system set up here for expats or anything like that. Mm -hmm. What's going on is that Chinese have people overseas that work for their government who are here to keep an eye on expat Chinese okay. to make sure that they sort of toe the line mm -hmm. and their leverage is relatives back home. That's generally what they use. Um, so if you have relatives back in Shanghai, Beijing, wherever, and you're overseas and you're not doing exactly what they would like you to do, mm -hmm. um, or if you're getting a little too mouthy uh, anti-regime, um, you know, you're going to be told <laughs> so, shape up or there could be problems back on the home front. Wow. So somebody comes home and goes, this is a nice cousin Albie you got here. Uh, I'd hate to see yeah, something. Yeah, they can do you. Wow. That's right. That's, that's, that's right. And by the way, the Chinese are not the only ones who do this. Um, Didn't Italy have something? Know, uh, I haven't heard about the Italians, so okay. I think you and I are safe. But um, <laughs> I, I know that um, relatively in New York City, but um, the, there are you know, a litany of other bad actors. I won't say it, but you can use your imagination where they would be. And wow. it's the same game. It's the same leverage. And you know what they, what they want to do, the Chinese have a unique outlook on this, though, I would argue, that they tend to see – Almost anybody who is certainly native-born Chinese and who emigrates, mm -hmm. but almost the entire Chinese diaspora as being potential assets. Wow. And uh, it's, just, it's just a thing. And um, so they are kind of aghast mm -hmm. if you're not sort of pulling with the team. And, yeah. um, you know, they really don't have a whole uh, high tolerance for it. And mm -hmm. the other thing is that they just are really, really exercised over this Falun Gong movement. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know how much our listeners know about it, but it, it yeah. seems to all apparent appearances that I've ever seen to be not much more than a yoga cult, <laughs> which I wouldn't <laughs> which, consider all that threatening. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. But there are a lot to deal with. There are a lot to deal with. They got the mats. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> exactly. And America, you know, the downward facing dog is taking down a lot of regimes. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Morrow's on the line. We're having a laugh. So is it uh, knowing it's as common as you say, I, I would imagine that our government is actually aware of these efforts. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, again, I used to think it was my former life. Um, you know, I did primarily counterterrorism, um, significant portion of my career. And so I had the security clearance and everything else. And uh, your sort of uh, what they would call counterintel is not your main remit. But, you know, you yeah. bounce around in New York City as a cop. 
mm-hmm. you're going to run into stuff like this. Where it manifests itself, Jimmy, is demonstrations. Mm-hmm. Because at demonstrations like Falun Gong, as I just said, you know, they're yeah. having a parade or something permitted. They've done everything right, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, the regime back home is feeling like they might be embarrassed by it. They'll send people out to keep an eye on it. Uh, and in some cases, potentially to interfere. And yeah. that is just, uh, you know, against our First Amendment. Mm-hmm. They don't get to use their laws here in our country. No. And so that's where the uh, regime, our regime, our administration, current administration seems to have decided to draw the line. The fact that this is being prosecuted now, mm-hmm. when, as I said, it's not all that uncommon, yeah. you know, there's probably another motive behind it. Yeah, I was going to say, let's, I mean, you know, we got, we got to say something because the next thing you know, China will be flying spy balloons over our nuclear installations. You know what I mean? I know. We, I know. We, BF troop. We wouldn't want to live in that world. That's crazy. We're talking to Paul Morrow. Uh, really quick, uh, that field hearing they had yesterday. The only thing I yeah. wanted your take on was Hank Johnson, the Democratic rep, calling the family's props. That was a little, oh, yeah, a little much, right? Yeah. It, so read the room, guy. You yeah. know, amazing. I mean, it, it they come into a city to talk about crime, and Nadler's talking about Trump. Yep. And, you know, uh, Johnson's calling the family of the bereaved props. And I really think they overplayed their hand. You know, there was certainly a better way to do this. But, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a tell, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And why do you do that? Why do you change? You know, it's an old lawyer tactic. Mm-hmm. Why do you change the narrative when you don't have any way to go? Yep. You know, if you have the facts, pound the facts. If you got nothing, pound the table, that sort of thing. And it's right. If you have neither, pound the host. <laughs> Listen, I've oh, I've, sorry. I've taken enough. I've taken enough heat in this interview. Um, all fascinating stuff. I just that that the whole police force thing that was new to me, and I caught it yesterday. It was kind of like a throwaway with everything else going on, and like yeah, in another world, isn't it weird how like last week they were like China, China developed a hypersonic missile that we can't defend against. I kind of felt like that should have been a bigger story, maybe, than who threw yeah, a dress on think- on TikTok. But now here we are. <laughs> Just, well, you know, the Chinese, they, they walk into this stuff a little bit, you know, and for all the take of them being like these nefarious uh, men behind the curtain, all seeing and all knowing and spy balloons and everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to run an overseas, essentially spy network undeclared, right, mm-hmm. which just opens you up to the agent of a foreign power, the mm-hmm. FARA charge, which yep. is what they got Flynn on. Right. So it's just a ground ball if you're a federal prosecutor. Mm-hmm. Maybe don't name the organization, the overseas <laughs> police force. Which is what they did. It's called the Fuchao Overseas Police Organization or something like that. So they uh-huh. asked for it. <laughs> well done, China. Unbelievable. Yeah. Paul Morrow, experts, uh, as always. We owe you big for this. We'll do it again, brother. All right, man. Great the, fun. Take care. My man, the legendary Paul Morrow. There he goes. There we go. Back after this. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. There it is. Back in action. Big hour coming up on Fox Across America. Andy Biggs is stopping by from the Fighting 5th Congressional District of Arizona to weigh in on the open border and the empty jail cells. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Today might be the day we get Biggs to drop an F-bomb on live radio. Buckle up. He is cranking. Republicans are shouting down Mayorkas right now in a hearing on the Hill. Biggs is a part of that. Uh, And there's also the reality that yesterday's field hearing here in New York City in regards to the lax enforcement policies by our woke district attorney, Alvin Bragg, are getting people killed. I mean, not just killed, even assaulted. You know, we've had 26,000 felonious assaults under Alvin Bragg. 
Think about 26,000 times someone's been randomly walking down the street, been mugged, hit with a brick, shoved in front of a train. It's New York. It's a mess. 26,000 times in a 365-day year, you understand. We're talking about at least 80 times a day someone's walking down the street in New York, gets punched in the head, hit with a rock. Some pantless hobbit comes running after you and your kids. You're trying to go see the Lion King in Times Square. It's going on. I live here. It's a mess. And uh, the fact that they had these field hearings yesterday, it was part of a strategy that Jim Jordan and the House Judiciary Committee are going to embrace during their time in the majority, which is to stage field hearings in cities around the country that aren't showing enough consideration for its law-abiding citizens. What's happened with a lot of these like George Soros-funded DAs and Alvin Braggs of the world and everybody in between is they've created more empathy for the criminal than they have for the cop or the victim. And it's emboldened a lot of people. You know, Alvin Bragg, understand, when he got into office, the first thing he did was issue a memo. And he said, hey, we're not going to prosecute certain crimes. If someone trespasses, sneaks onto the subway, something like that, you know. No, no charge. If someone resists arrest, we're not going to prosecute that crime. Gee, that's not going to embolden criminals at all. He also issued the memo. It said that if someone uses a gun to commit armed robbery, they will not prosecute it as a violent felony. They will downgrade it to a misdemeanor unless the gun goes off. Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person. Okay, and in a lot of instances, okay, like an evil person, Because when you embolden crime, you get more of it. When you refuse to lock up criminals, guys with 12 priors, 20 priors, it's going to continue to commit crime. So basically, you know, all of these policies that revolve around equity, oh, we've got to have equity in the jails. All you're doing, all you're doing is hooking up the criminal at the expense of the person who follows the actual law. Okay, even I played this clip yesterday. I'll give it to you one more time, and then we'll get into the real stuff. Our former governor, who's a dirtbag, Hansy Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! One of the biggest dirtbags ever to hold elected office. But from a common sense standpoint, he's not a dummy. He knows you got to lock up criminals. This is how my day started yesterday, with Andrew Cuomo saying on my screen that the Democrats are ignoring crime. Clip seven. The far left doesn't want to talk about crime. They don't want to hear the word crime spoken. Do you know who are the victims of crime? Over 70 percent black, brown and poor. So tell me, who does the Democratic Party really represent if not the black, brown and poor? And when you refuse to address the issue of crime, the people who are paying the price are the black, brown and poor. They're paying the price for your far left politics. Of course. But are the Democrats there talking about crime? The answer would be no. No. And to be clear, yesterday, the victims and family members, the black and brown victims of crime, showed up to a field hearing and got dismissed as props by the Democratic Party. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? That was the claim. But here is Hank Johnson. Okay, talking to the mother of two New York City murder victims, her husband and her son. Okay, Madeline Brame. I have to tell you, man, Madeline Brame's not a prop. I met her last night. I met her in person last night. 
She was on Hannity before I was on Hannity. We talked in the green room. Woman had gotten up at 2 o'clock yesterday morning. I'd put her in, I don't know, early 50s. I'm exhausted. I'm younger than that. She had gotten up at 2 o'clock yesterday morning to go to this hearing, okay, to give her testimony and her experience as to how she was treated by Bragg in the aftermath of losing a husband and a son who were killed by someone with, uh, excuse me, four people, two of whom aren't even in jail. Two of the people who murdered her husband are not even in jail. Okay, and this black woman, okay, was treated as such by Alvin Bragg. Here it is, clip two. She's capable at any moment of snapping and attacking someone and holding them while someone else plunges a butcher knife into their body nine times and another person 12 times and then run away and leave their body in the street to bleed to death. This is the type of criminal element that we have walking the streets of New York City on a daily basis. All types of criminal elements. Free to do what they want, when they want, however they want, to whomever they want, with no consequences, no deterrence. Again, two of this woman lost her husband and her son. Two of the people who killed them aren't in jail. They held them while the other two did the stabbing. The people who did the holding, not in jail. Now you go out again and tell me Black Lives Matter in the Democratic Party. Democrats are so full of crap. Oh, baby, girl, black votes matter an awful lot. Can't win elections without them. Gotta have those black votes. You want to win the election again. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? But in terms of the actual black lives, do they matter to the Democrats? <laughs> Madeline Brame, who comes out there, stands before the world, says my husband and my son got killed. And even put two of the people in jail. The other two are going to be eligible for parole before they even do 20 years in prison. Okay, is dismissed as a prop in a MAGA production. This is Hank Johnson, guy who would tell you Black Lives Matter. Clearly making the case that they don't. These people are just props. Clip four. The Republican witnesses who have used their time to criticize District Attorney Bragg have served as props in a MAGA Broadway production. The real purpose in coming to New York City. Well, we have order. The real purpose in coming to New York City. Gentlemen, we'll suspend. Stop the clock. Gentlemen, we'll suspend. For the audience, I've said several times now that the committee has to be in order. If if anyone continues, then we're going to have to escort some people out. Please don't talk Uh, that. Please don't talk down to us witnesses, please. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Okay. Did you hear that? They're props. Yo, her family got killed. Her family got killed. You piece of Really, her family got killed. Oh, you're a prop. You're just here for some political dog and pony show. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. Here's more Democrats trying to undermine the witnesses, saying, ah, this is all an effort of intimidation into Alvin Bragg. No, I will tell you this, man. Okay, the people in New York, they don't care. They're trying to get elected. They're in a one-party town. They know crime is an issue that trends Republican. Republicans care about crime. They're perceived to be better on crime. So they'd rather not talk about crime 
even if that means turning a blind eye to a woman whose family's gotten killed and calling her a prop. Okay, they're more concerned with the politics than the people, but this is not unique to New York. Go to San Francisco. Go to Philadelphia. Go to Chicago, where they just had the teenage takeover this weekend. Kids got shot. Stores got looted. Go to Baltimore. Go to Milwaukee. Go to Detroit. Go to Los Angeles. What do all these cities have in common where they don't care about crime? They're run by Democrats. Bingo. But let me give you a little more of this, because the year of the Democrats in their entirety is a group dismissing the witnesses. This is clip five. This hearing was called for a purpose to intimidate a district attorney for doing his job. Ms. Graham, you uh, failed to note that as a result of D.A. Bragg's prosecution, two men are currently serving life sentences for the murder of your son. I fear that you are being used for a political purpose despite your, your sincerity. This is a sham hearing. It's not about crime in New York. Your experiences are devastating. But the problem is, is that this is a charade to cover up for an abuse of power. I mean, dude, it's just, ugh. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. You can tell me they're doing this because Bragg bought charges against Donald Trump, okay? And they want to call attention to the fact that justice isn't blind under a district attorney who vowed to arrest Donald Trump when he ran for office. Alvin Bragg is an elected official. He ran on, I'll get Trump, in a town that's so liberal they wanted to defund the cop and the village people. Okay, that's what he ran on. It is a politically motivated hit that he's trying to take down Trump because he hooked up with a porn star by the name of Stormy Daniels. Hubba, hubba. Maybe so. But what they're trying to call attention to is people who actually care about the rule of law. Okay, the rule of law not being evenly applied here in this instance. Barack Obama was found guilty of a campaign finance violation. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But the point is, was Barack Obama arrested? The answer would be no. It's more money, by the way, than Trump. Hillary Clinton found guilty of a campaign finance violation. This is not okay. Fine, but was she arrested? The answer would be no. Okay, it's a double standard. And they're trying to make the case that in a city where you've downgraded 52% of violent felonies to nonviolent misdemeanors, you're clearly showing your hand in trying to upgrade Donald Trump's nonviolent misdemeanor, if it were, to a felony. That's what they're trying to do. And what these House hearings are designed to do is shame these prosecutors into acknowledging the real victims of crime. Again, when Democrats say black lives matter, we got to defund the police. Yo, the police ain't the threat. The criminals are. Okay. And we all knew that. We've never not known that. But when it's politically expedient and it's a means of getting votes, the Democrats will tell you we got to get rid of the cops. Yes, I support the defund movement because this is about the the um, investment in our communities, which have historically been divested. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle and start anew. Why use the word defund? Why use the word defund? And it's like, this is the word that's coming from the streets. I mean, come on. Would you shut up? This is the word coming from the streets, you idiot. You're an idiot! I mean, really? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Can you just imagine 
why use the word defund? Because it's what the criminals are saying on the street. Oh, oh, well, in that case, that's great. Yo, the cops, okay. The cops are doing the single most important job in our society. And the Democrats succeeded in cutting their municipal police budgets by over a billion dollars in places like New York and Los Angeles. You know what the end result of that was? Okay, not only did crime skyrocket, but it skyrocketed specifically in the black community. The black murder rate is up 35% since the BLM riots. 35% since they cut police budgets. But the Democrats who want you to believe they're the protectors of the black community are out here telling murder the, 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 the families of murder victims that they're a bunch of props. Nah, this is just a Broadway MAGA production, Hank Johnson says. Boo-hoo. Oh, they killed your husband and your son? Come on, lady. Politics. What do you want from me? I don't care. Remember that. They told you black lives matter. Black lives do not matter. Black votes matter. They matter. They matter a lot because they can't win elections without them. But until there's an election to come back around, they're not going to pay attention to you or your crime or your black life. And if you don't believe me, ask Madeline Blame, who I spoke to last night in the Hannity Green Room after that emotional hearing. Okay, she's stuck in New York, a city that has more empathy for the criminal than it does for the person following the law, something that they do in the name of what? Equity. But the people who get the bill for the equity again and again and again are the people you're pretending you want to pretend, which is black and brown Americans. They're the ones stuck here in New York City where the criminal gets all the sympathy. across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to Arizona Representative Andy Biggs in the next break, his opening act. Listening on WVMT up in Burlington, Vermont. Joe is on the line. Yo, Joe. Oh, Jimmy. Oh, man. Uh, I, I suppose suddenly, uh, despite all the crime in New York City, Hank Johnson doesn't in fact believe that the island of Manhattan is going to tip over and <laughs> Listen, man, it would be the best thing that happened in this place. New York is such a dump right now. It's bad. And well, uh, go ahead. So, so is Burlington, Vermont, my man. No, is it on a New York level, though? Because I was there last year. I mean, we were pretty hammered, but it seemed presentable enough. 
we're a microcosm. We're we're yeah. trying our hardest to get that bad. Okay, <laughs> we're committed. These people are invested. It's crazy, but to hear him say someone is a prop, it's a little much. I, I, I'm I'm disgusted and pulling my hair out. I could barely dial your number because I'm reaching for my next glass of whiskey, my man. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. I I don't blame you though because like that's the thing. They don't actually care about people, and you can't. You can't to espouse their policies. You can't care about people. Like if you're letting if you're letting violent criminals out of jail, uh, you've got to know somewhere in the back of your head this could go sideways, but you must not care to be able to make peace with the fact that you're doing it. How long until it affects them? Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like uh, most of the th- most of the things don't affect them because they have security details. It's like, yeah, people shouldn't have guns. Great. You're surrounded by four armed guards. Are you getting rid of them? No. You know, it's everything else. The, the rules don't apply to them. That's the double standard. But that's, the, you know, the problem for the rest of us is there are enough people willing to vote for people who don't care about the rules because they don't have to adhere to any of them. So we need uh, Burlington to not become what they're turning it into. We need you to fortify it. You need you to hold the fort. Could you do that, brother? Oh, but- we're trying. <laughs> it doesn't sound, I'm not convinced. Sounds like you're trying to open another bottle of whiskey, but we love you, Joe. We'll do it again, brother. Be well. Woke cities just might own stock in U-Haul. Everything woke turns to There's no other way to explain the soundbite I'm about to play you. Okay, so New York City, right? We had 26,000 felonious assaults last year. Just random people. 26,000 times someone got hit with a rock, beaten with a garbage can. The weird, the things that happen, you walking down the street, it's disgusting. Okay, but anyway, pushed in front of the subway, Stabbed, mugged, attacked, beaten, pistol whipped. I mean, you name it. It is a Dr. Seuss for all the wrong reasons. They'll get you on a boat and a goat and a train and a plane. You know, it's bad. Okay. But understand, in a city with 26,000 felonious assaults, in a city where overall violent crime is up 22% year over year, in a city where the black murder rate is at a 30-year high, 
Here is our mayor telling us the problem here in woke New York City. So we're eating too much red meat, and it's bad for the climate. Clip 14. One in every five metric tons of carbon dioxide our city emits comes from food. But all food is not created equal. <laughs> the vast majority, majority of food uh, that is contributing to our emission crisis lies in meat and dairy products. We already know that a plant, plant power diet is better for your physical and mental health, and I am living proof of that. But the reality is that thanks to this new inventory, we're finding out it is better for the planet. I mean, dude. Not even close! But never mind. First of all, Eric Adams telling you he's living proof that a plant-based diet is better for your men. <laughs> Eric Adams is a jackass. Okay, and at a time when crime has spiraled out of control, he wants you to believe the thing we need to focus on is too much red meat. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. But that was the focus. We're having a field hearing yesterday in Manhattan about like literally like people you can't walk down the street. We had 26,000 felonious assaults last year. 26,000 random times. You and your family walking down the street, some pantless time traveler throws a brick at you or you're trying to take a selfie in front of the tickets, tickets booth in Times Square. That's what we're living in. And Mayor Adams takes time out from ordering bottle service at Marquee to tell you we need to eat less red meat. That was the pitch from the mayor of New York City yesterday. Get him out of here. Get him out. He's gone. But joining us now inside the huddle from the Fighting 5th Congressional District of Arizona, Representative Andy Biggs in the house, and the crowd goes wild. Biggs. Jimmy, Jimmy, uh, it was interesting to be in in uh, in the Big Apple yesterday, uh, yeah. the Big Apple Scrapple, man. I'm yeah. telling you. Yeah, well, uh, I noticed you guys didn't stay long. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You want to laugh, by the way? I, I'm not even kidding. So Jim Jordan was on Hannity last night. I was on Hannity last night. Jim Jordan was on Hannity. Uh, he's in the A block. I'm talking the opening minute of the show, and he didn't even yeah. stick around for that. Like, I died laughing. I was like, oh, is Jordan and Russell, are they in the green room? They're like, no, no, he went home right after the hearing. Gone. Hey, hey, look, you know, we had to have so much security, we could only pay so much in overtime. I mean, good grief. We had to get back to D.C. I know. I, I, don't, oh I, don't, I don't blame you for going. I'm just mad nobody offered me a ride. I would have got out of here in a second. <laughs> you have no idea how bad New York is right now. It's like we laugh at it as a coping mechanism because it's bad. Like they used to have, um, you know, in, in if you walk around Times Square, they used to have these things called walking tours where you look at the architecture, and, right. they're, and they're right. they're now called running tours because you're getting chased <laughs> by some lunatic. And the idea, but, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I but but Jerry Nadler insists it's a, the safest big city, and you got you got <laughs> Goldman, you have Goldman. We're sitting in his district. Yeah. And uh, he he'd forgotten that he had previously, when he was running, it said it was, what a big problem crime was. Yep. Uh, now that now now that he's elected, you know, how dare you guys come in here and and uh, mm-hmm. and look at my my district? Well, I mean, uh, it's geez, crazy. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. What what Nadler meant is when he said it's the safest big city, he said most people now have to put all their belongings in a safe. 
We have more people here. <laughs> we have more people relying on safes than we've ever had before. It's not actual safety. Oh, man. We're talking to Arizona Representative Andy Biggs. He is on the line. It's so crazy, though, because one other thing, you, you didn't hear this. You were at a hearing trying to do adult things, but the mayor really did speak yesterday about how we've got to focus on eating less red meat and consuming less dairy because it's bad for the climate in New York. I'm like, you know what's bad for the climate in New York? Gunshots, muggings, people getting thrown in front of the subway. But we're not concerned about the the, the emissions that come from getting run over by the subway, apparently. No, no I, what a trip. I mean, what a trip that New York it, – it's like it, it was this – to me as a kid growing up, New York was like this uh, fantasy. It's just, it's just far away. It's, it, it encompasses U.S. history. It encompasses – it's the financial capital of the world. It is you know, music, entertainment capital, all of these things that you say go to New York. And, uh, you know, and, and I used to do work at the U.N. That, and I said, okay, this is really great. Now, now I have to wear a full metal jacket when I go to New York. It's just, I, it, what a shame. What a shame that it, New York has become what it is. And then I, I, I got to tell you, the leadership that you guys have there is in, uh, nutty. I mean, when you got, you got Mayor Adams, like you say, talking about, you know, let's, uh, let's all go vegan mm-hmm. because it'll, it'll help New York out. Yeah. I mean, that's just too much. I mean, that's it's, too much. it's crazy. We're talking Arizona Representative Andy Biggs. There's never been a dumber time to be alive than right now. But I think the gold medal went to Hank Johnson yesterday, who called the victims. <laughs> I mean, you got to give him the gold. Get him up on the podium. I don't know if he wants to listen to our national anthem or not. I know it's offensive <laughs> in his circle. But he does, does he not deserve the gold medal for stupidity? Yeah, I mean, uh, I thought that nothing could uh, top the the notion that Guam is going to tip over if we get too many military <laughs> personnel there. But, I mean, yesterday uh, – but, I mean – he he went off crazy uh, crazy land, but how many of those Democrats uh, belittled and condescended to the to the victims who were testifying? Yeah. How about that? How about that? You talk about uh, lack of empathy, lack of heart, lack of understanding. I mean, all the things that people describe you about, Jimmy, all the time. But they displayed <laughs> it themselves yesterday. They displayed it themselves yesterday. It's amazing. Well, what's what's crazy is too is I don't doubt it's New York City. A lot of those people were Democratic voters. I mean, when you look at the makeup of the city itself, it's like 90 percent Democrat. The rest of the state's Republican, but the city carries a state. And I don't doubt that they were talking down to people who voted for their party. And they were like, oh, you're just a prop and a MAGA play. I got to be honest, Biggs. I've been to a lot of plays. They don't usually stab the props. It's weird. <laughs> that was that was so weird. But we had, you know, you had the um, the Queens the Queens guy who's on there for uh, yep. who's on the city council. Mm-hmm. He's a Democrat, yep. lifelong Democrat, mm-hmm. and he's like, "You guys are just, you guys are crazy." Yep. He says, "My own family won't get on the subway." No, what are you, what are you talking about? This is this is like telling somebody there's no gambling going on in Las Vegas. Yeah, exactly. Ah, what are you guys talking yeah. about? Republican conspiracy. What are you talking about over here? Guess it's right. Nuts. Yes. Yes. Let's gather the same subs, the same old, uh, the usual suspects. I mean, th- this is really, I, it, as I listened to the Democrats yesterday, I, I'm thinking to myself, I, who wrote their talking points for today? Did they were they so insensitive? Uh, was this the 22-year-old staffer that wrote the talkers for all these people, except for, for Hank. Yeah. For Hank, that was from the heart. You know, 
<laughs> you know what Hank's talking? Yeah. It's from the heart. It's all it's not from the brain. No, not a lot going on up there. We're talking to Representative yeah. Andy Biggs. Yeah, it could be whoever writes Biden's tweets, because I love when they have like, it's funny, like the White House Twitter account will tweet a Biden tweet at like 10.05 at night. And I'm like, he's not awake right now. Would you stop it? What do you got a lot of nerve? Come on. If, like, we know they're tweeting for him, but at least do it at believable hours. Yeah, he, well, he's not he's not awake after one. I know, you know. So, <laughs> I mean, did you see him in Ireland? I want you to weigh in on this. I got to jump in on this for a second. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. there's a thing now. I did with all the with everything going on in this country, with everything going on in the world. They literally just sent him on a field trip. It wasn't like he was negotiating a deal or a treaty. Like there was no deliverable. It was just European vacation. You know what I'm saying? And right. it's it's crazy to give a president something to do. Like they just need to busy him because adults are talking. Like I made this analogy yesterday. If you've ever had like little kids in the house and you need to get something done, you can give them a pretend assignment. I'll say like, hey, Lincoln, do you want to go get the monsters out of the washing machine? And he's like, monsters in the water? He's gone. He wants to go see what it's all about. They did that to the president. They just told him to go get the monsters out of the washing machine and flew him to Ireland. Isn't that a sign that maybe he's not in charge? <laughs> well, that's usually what you do seriously to a cabinet m- member or your vice president who've really gotten themselves in a bit of a scandal. You yeah. send them, yeah, we're going to send you on a world tour. You're going to be gone for about three weeks. Things will blow over by then. But for Biden, he went over there. And the good news for him is that uh, since there's such heavy drinking that goes on in Ireland, they thought he was just one of them the way he slurred his speech. So it was just fantastic. <laughs> they thought he hit the Guinness. Oh, no. He said he was going to – honestly, for all the dumb things, because at one point he said we're going to lick the world. Then somebody asked him what the keys to success were, and he said, well, i got to make sure you guys don't have COVID. It was bizarre. But he did at one point say the biggest threat facing mankind right now is climate change. There is no world, when you look at the things going on on this planet right now, <laughs> that what the weather does in 75 years is a concern. There's just not. It's just yeah. not. No one's buying it. And every climate bill that gets passed gets passed with a cosigner, meaning like the, the last big climate change bill, they, they sold it to us as inflation reduction, but we all know it didn't lower inflation. Mm-hmm. Now they're out here telling us mass transit because the highways are racist, Pete Buttigieg was saying yesterday. They can never yeah. just sell you on the idea that we should care about climate change because nobody does. But the gas prices are about to go back up because of this garbage. Oh, yeah. You know, Arizona... Uh, we're uh, we're paying four seventy a gallon again. Ouch. I mean, it's just crazy. But you know, I, I I also thought that it was it was wrong. He took Hunter with him, mm-hmm. and when when the people in Ireland were saying, you know, what's the biggest danger to the world, and he says, you know, climate change. If they would have, you know, particularized that and say, what's the biggest uh, danger to Ireland right now, he would have said, well, Hunter's here with me. And <laughs> Uh, God, it, it, it took a while to get there, but I eventually got there. Well, okay. you know, listen, it's, it's a <laughs> it, the, the point it was a solid surf. It was a, it was a bit of a ride to the beach. We hit some traffic, but you got it done. And, <laughs> and, I, and I don't and I don't doubt that the Irish people uh, disagreed with him. Hunter is a he's a hot mess, man. And that's that's the joke of right now, man. It's like I think people look at this country. We used to be the team nobody wants to play. And now I do think we're a homecoming opponent. Like teams schedule us because they know they've got an easy win. And, uh, you know, I, I, don't li- I don't like it. You know, we've got to turn this bus around, Biggs. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, so. Well, we, we, are, we are now the Washington Generals. There is no <laughs> doubt about it. We are. And we're playing the Harlem Globalists. 
<laughs> and we lose every game to the Harlem Globalists. They're throwing buckets oh, of confetti at us, pulling our pants down. It's not right, Biggs. It's not right. Well, yeah, well, the nice right. thing is the Washington Generals can now get dressed in any locker room they choose. So at least we got that going for us. <laughs> Amen. Oh, uh, you're looking for the. I'm glad to know that you're looking for the silver lining yep. wherever you go. You ain't kidding. You're well. There's a great call. I'm sending you a case of Bud Light on me. Be well, Biggs. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. See you, brother. There he goes, Andy Biggs. There we go. Back after this. Call and speak to Jimmy now. I'm trying to use the phone. 888-788-9910. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, about to become your TV buddy. I will be on the Ingram Angle tonight at 10 o'clock with Laura Ingram. Uh, Tomorrow, you will see me on Waters World with Jesse Waters. And then at 11 o'clock, getting the band back together with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. I'll be on the Gutfeld panel tomorrow night. And then if you're in New York Thursday, a live in-studio episode of the Sean Hannity Show. Going to be a banger. And then Friday, Saturday, I'm off the grid, girlfriend. I'll be doing stand-up at Bananas Comedy Club in East Rutherford, New Jersey. You can come down and get rowdy with your Fox pals. It's really like my only East Coast gig. That and May the 6th. I'm in Reading, Pennsylvania at the Santander Performing Arts Center. That is Saturday night, May the 6th. Then we head down to Clearwater, Florida, May the 20th. If you're around, we're going to be at the Capitol Theater. Davenport, Iowa, June the 3rd. Yo, come hang out in Iowa. And then the 10th, we're in Mesa, Arizona. And then June the 24th, we are at the Lexington Opera House, the Liberty Opera House in Lexington, Kentucky, the Liberty Opera House. So if you want to come down to Lexington and hang out with me and Kennedy, it's going to be a banger. Uh, But in the final minute that I'm here with you on the radio right now, doing what we do best, uh, I have to tell you, man, it's such a bizarre news cycle. We talked a little bit about Bud Light and the ridiculousness of that and if you remember the view weighed in, I was actually going to play you one more clip uh, from the view. No, God, no, God, please, no, no, no. no we decided against it. We couldn't. It's, it's, imagine ending a show on that. <laughs> We're going to end the show with a clip from the view. That's not right. I mean, seriously, it just took about just punching you in the nuts on the way out the door. As the next fella starts his show, <laughs> just just digging that guy a hole. I wouldn't do that to you. But I wanted to comment on the whole thing. You know, there is this mindset on the right. I heard Donald Trump Jr. say it, and I thought it was so dopey. And nothing against him. He's a nice enough guy. He's been on the show. He's been fine. But there's a mindset on the right that we should lay off Budweiser because they donate to the Republican Party. <laughs> No, we shouldn't. That's crazy to me. Okay, you're you're laying off Budweiser because they donate to politicians. What the politicians are essentially saying is they don't represent your interests. Hey, I know these guys did you wrong, but they give us money, so let's just forget that they did you wrong. Does that sound like a politician that's going to fight for your interest in Washington, D.C.? The answer would be no. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Okay, and when the politicians are flat out telling you they're not going to fight with you if the people who don't represent your values pay them enough money, that's supposed to remind you to dig your heels in even harder. It is Miller time in the Fala House. This show is over. 
Go be a Republican, be a Democrat, a yingling man, a Coors guy, whatever you want. Just don't be a... Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.